0: According to Facebook, their latest ad update means over half of the world's e-commerce sites can now use Facebook's most advanced ad products without using a single line of code. I talk about that, plus submitting your URLs to Google, new GIF ads, rich snippets and why you finally need to give a damn about using them, plus my theory on how everybody can be a creative person, even you. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing, brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now, for your host and co founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Inbound Buzz. I welcome you, and I thank you for tuning into episode number 61. Okay, let's start with some quick and very useful news out of the Google camp, which you need to pay attention to because it's got everything to do with your search results. Google this month has released a tool called Submit URL to Google tool, which is pretty self-explanatory. How you get this tool is you just jump into Google and you search for submit URL to Google and then you kind of get this box that comes up where you type your URL and hit submit. You know, that's pretty much it. Now, link to the tool in the show notes, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP61, where you'll find everything and every link that I discuss in today's episode. And I'll share a screenshot as well now this actually kind of already exists and if you're a techie person you're thinking well how is this different to the search console tool where you sign into search console and you submit your URL to Google well the answer is it's there's actually nothing different it's pretty much the exact same thing but Google's just made it easier And more public facing with this new tool you can submit any URL you want to the Google search engine anything even if it's facebook.com if you wanted to Google will then review and see if they want to index that URL and show it up in their search results now of course just because you do this doesn't mean you're going to rank number one all this does it kind of nudges your URL to Google um, and allows them to kind of index it maybe a little bit faster than they would but it is something you can introduce into your process every time you create a new page particularly if it's one that you kind of want you know ranked really really quickly or you're expecting a bit of pr or press around it. but do keep in mind google's algorithm is pretty clever anyway and it does index in real time so news is often not an option, but this is one of those things that people can just add to their process to ensure, yes, this has been submitted. The other bit of Google news which I wanted to share with you guys, which is even newer, is Google's new similar items feature in Google Image Search. How this works is when you're on a mobile phone and you're searching in images for certain products, Google will display products you can buy with the actual price, um, the availability, and obviously an image and a link to that product. Now this has only just started to roll out. I don't believe it's in Australia, so our US listeners may have better luck testing this. And what Google is starting with is shoes, sunglasses, and handbags. So say for instance you searched designer handbags, you could bring up some results, you know, from Gucci or Louis Vuitton or whatever, with an image and a price so on and so forth, which obviously expedites um, the purchasing process. What Google's obviously realized is a lot of people, and I've done this myself, you know, if there's a product I'm interested in, I've searched for the image first because I want to see what it looks like. So, Google's kind of closing the gap. Now, again, this has just started rolling out. Um, I couldn't find any sort of indication of it in Australia, but from Google's reports, from Google's release on this, which I'll link in the show notes, they will be rolling this out to probably every product you could think of buying that has an image so do check that out now you can already start taking advantage of this right you what in the actual release you'll find that Google recommends you add schema.org metadata more on that in a second on your product pages what this will ensure is your product images prices currency and availability are all marked up in a way that Google's crawl bots can read you can then use google structured data testing tool to see whether you've done this properly not stuffed it up of course i'll link to both of those in the show notes now this whole schema.org metadata and you guys will know i've talked about this in the past how this works is certain types of information can be marked up on your website in the back end on the html side to let google's bots know that yep this is for instance a price of a product or this is an availability Now, this piece of news is not going to apply to all of you guys. I mean, how many of you guys are selling, you know, shoes and bags? But as a side tip, if this doesn't apply to you, this is a good opportunity to, a good excuse to jump into schema.org and you'll probably find half a dozen schema.org tags that apply to your business. Now, if you've ever, you've all been kind of, you know, subjects to this. If you've ever searched for something in Google and you've seen rating stars come up or you've seen quick answers at the top come up or ingredients or directions, these are all types of schema.org tags. These are all outputs of somebody putting schema.org tags on their certain pages for that to come up in Google. Now, of course, if you check out schema.org, you'll find a list of, everything that they have every possible and there's literally hundreds of tags that you can use. For instance, you can tag up news. So if you put up a news article and if it's you know genuinely news, you're not just going to put up something about your product. If it's kind of genuine news and not fake news and you put this schema.org tag on that page, you're kind of nudging Google to say, hey, this actually is news. There's also location or shop tags, product tags, price tags, More specific things like if you're selling a course or a game or a movie. And, of course, my favorite one, question tags, very specific questions. Now, if you you actually jump on the page, you know, you'll read the description of this tag. It says, example from a user seeking answers online or collected in a frequently asked questions document. Now, that's what we're trying to do to get into Google. We're trying to answer their questions. So, this is a perfect one to try to come up as a quick answer now this is something that's great for Google and it's great for the user For the user they get something that you know that that is more directly um, responsive to their query um, and it's great for us as well like you imagine having you know your product come up with stars on it or um, the prices on it whatever you have that, that is more compelling that stands out in the field of all the other search results is going to be good and for Google of course it's great they're trying to deliver people results that are useful now, possibly even cooler news, I don't know if you can get any cooler than that, um, this time around from Facebook, um, related to GIFs, right? Now, who doesn't love the odd GIF? Whether on social media or you're sending an animated GIF to a co-worker after an epic fail, we love searching and sharing these things. These things just will not die. Giphy.com actually is one of my favorite sites and you can waste hours on this thing finding gifts from seinfeld you know one of my favorite shows friends and you know game of thrones random random like random gifts right hundreds and hundreds and hundreds possibly thousands if not millions um and you do see brands use these creatively you know really creatively from time to time my favorite application of the gif in a brand capacity is from buffer so what buffer will do on twitter if you ever ask them a question or you you know give them kudos or you share something with them or whatever they have it feels like it's a bit of a policy they'll actually reply back with a gif so if say you gave them kudos they'd come back and you know give you like a you know fist pump gif as well so they use it quite consistently which i find is quite amazing so it doesn't matter where you are and what part of the world if you respond to them they're going to respond back in a very consistent and animated Wait, well guess what? GIFs are now another thing marketers can ruin. Earlier this year, slowly Facebook had started to roll out these new GIF ads. And in fact, in episode 59, one of my favourite episodes in recent months, I spoke about the new 2017 Facebook ad benchmarks released by WordStream. One of the things that was quite clear in that study was low click-through rates on Facebook ads, which currently average around 0.9 percent on Facebook we know video is going gangbusters it's probably one thing I can't stop talking about and more on that a little bit later in the episode as well particularly in the Facebook context in the newsfeed context shorter videos GIFs are essentially from a user's point of view for all intensive purposes they are like a micro video without sound and they can stand out crazy in the newsfeed I mentioned Giphy.com as one of the sites I've probably wasted countless hours on looking for the best visual to troll a mate with. But apart from procrastinating, and trust me, it's not that hard to do on the Giphy.com, you can also create 10 second GIFs from your existing videos, which is perfect for Facebook. And I mentioned from your existing videos because I always try to look for when something, when you're trying something, obviously you've got to look at the, the opportunity, you know, the, the cost versus benefit thing, right? Is this going to be worth it for me now this allows you to use your existing videos turn them into turn a snippet of that into a 10-second gif and upload it onto Facebook as an ad if you are going to use this I would recommend that you use scenes that are catchy that are going to stand out in the newsfeed not a title overlay or an intro shot or anything like that something that gets straight into it one of the best applications in my mind for these gif ads is to entice someone to view more content possibly a page on your website with a complete version of that video or you can run more bottom or funnel ads so say you're selling something or even you're in the b2b world and there's a product or service you're you're offering you can create those ads that pop up with a call to action and the product slides in or whatever of course you can't use something like giphy.com for that probably need to use something like Facebook or another tool. Okay, the final bit of news is also on the Facebook front and man we've had so much of it move so fast. Just to give you an idea, only a couple of episodes ago I shared a plug-in from the good guys at Pixel your site that allows you to connect your WordPress e-commerce site to Facebook so you can create dynamic Facebook ads, right? So someone visits your a product on your page, you haven't had to upload the image and create the copy and all that sort of stuff. It dynamically gives them that product as an ad in the newsfeed. Super cool. Well, after that episode, Facebook released a new WooCommerce integration, right? WooCommerce is the, I guess, the, the sub platform that WordPress e commerce sites typically use. Turns out Facebook now has six integration options that allow you to connect your Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento and Big Commerce e commerce websites. There are also integrations with Google Tag Manager and Segment, which is a super advanced integrations solution that connects databases together. Now, for WordPress, you still need to install a plugin, and this plugin is called Facebook for WooCommerce Extension. And once you do that, you get this super cool, really simple dashboard in Facebook Ads Manager. That allow you to import all of your products, as well as automatically generate product feeds whenever you want. And this is a pretty big deal. Thanks to this update, according to the Facebook um, Product Manager, half of the world's e-commerce sites can now use Facebook's most advanced ads without having to know a line of code. And listeners, that is a pretty big deal. And of course, I learned this news from the John Luma, and I'll link that in the show notes. He kind of goes into detail on um, what this new, what this new kind of change from Facebook means, and how, if you have a, a WordPress WooCommerce website, how you can integrate that and create an ad yourself. Definitely worth checking out. Okay, on to the next buzz. The last few weeks, you would have noticed we've been doing a lot more video-based versions of the show. So, obviously having this podcast, this audio version, but having complimentary video recording versions of the show as well. Uh, We had a couple of interviews, one at HubSpot and another with Amy Schmittauer, which was last week's episode. Definitely worth checking out. As well as a monologue episode. Now... If you visit this week's show notes, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP61, I'll link to all those versions and you can see all the different video embeds in the respective show notes. What I have been consciously doing is actually testing different platforms. So we tested Facebook Live for the HubSpot interview, we tested uh, Periscope. Um, I did a video version although this wasn't live I did a video Skype recording with Amy Schmittauer and uploaded that into YouTube and my whole thing with this was just to try a few different platforms and share the results and talk about what platform you should use and potentially why because I think it's quite telling of what these platforms are and how they should be used now I'll start with the best well the seemingly best one first the Facebook live So this reached about 4,827 people, but let's ignore that, we'll try to keep this apples and apples, and only focused on um, the watch, you know, the visitors who actually watched it, and that was 2.8 thousand, so 2,800 people actually watched the video. About 70% of this was organic, the rest was paid, and I boosted this by $20, which was pretty cool. And the other thing I found as well, if there is a, and you'll notice this when you actually put a, a post up and Facebook says, oh well, hey, this is performing better than 85% of your posts or whatever it is, do you want to boost it? It's actually not a bad idea to boost it, you know, providing it's something you want to boost because that natural virality and the paid virality actually go hand in hand quite well. Okay, so the, we had about 20 odd comments, we had 76 reactions, which was pretty decent. Seemingly on the surface a very good output. On YouTube, we had 48 views, as the, at the time of this recording anyway, and about um, 25 views on Periscope. So Periscope, Periscope, of course, is another streaming service owned by Twitter. When you dig deeper, it's actually quite telling about these platforms and how people use them. So on Facebook, we had 38 hours watched. right? Pretty decent. But the average view time was only 30 seconds. So of all the, you know, 2,800 people who watched this thing, the average was 30 seconds. On YouTube, it was an hour watched in total, but the average was a minute per user. On Periscope, it was 94 minutes, hour so now on 34 minutes, and 4 minutes per user. What I take away from this is it's not which one was necessarily better than the other one, is what are your actual objectives? We need to define our objectives when we consider these mediums. This experimentation of mine was by no means, you know, apples and apples when you think about it. And slightly flawed because, for instance, people don't expect weekly episodes on Facebook Live or on YouTube or Periscope. They do on the podcast. But it is telling. If it's pure reach and awareness that you want, and you want to fill that funnel, then Facebook is the way to go. So sure, the view time was only 30 seconds on average, but the total time watched was 38 hours amongst almost 3,000 people. That's 3,000 people, a lot of which likely haven't heard about me or the podcast. And that's an opportunity for me to build a relationship with these people and turn them into longer-term fans and advocates. Mind you, when we did this, we also got a bump in our likes as well. This is where it gets a little bit interesting. A lot of people lately have asked me about Facebook's low-average view time and to be honest they have been a little bit disheartened by it here's the thing though Facebook defines a view as anyone who watches a video for more than 3 seconds which is a big flaw on Facebook's part when they talk about all the stats and all the reach it's, it's a little bit cheeky by that definition the more your video spreads the more viral it goes which is one of the things that you want you want reach the lower the average watch time will be Because you're gonna get a lot of people who are watching this thing by accident right or your targeting kind of spreads and they just check it out a little bit and that is going to bring down the average and drown out a lot of your captive audience if you ask me their metrics and the visibility around what they define as a view should be expanded on with Facebook because the reach is just insane for the audience that is captive you should make sure you have a way to engage with them after the fact. For example, recently for a client, we helped them set up a Facebook Live episode where they discussed a few key topics. And one of those topics was related to an article. The whole idea being getting people off the rented land that is Facebook and onto your own sites where you can remarket to them or offer them a download. At bare minimum, get them to like your Facebook page so they don't miss out. The whole point is there's always something you can do To be able to leverage off this captive audience and market to them and communicate with them later youtube on the other hand is a different beast altogether the amount of minutes watched on youtube was double that of facebook because that's a medium that people are used to when it comes to binging video content on facebook the average length of a video likely ranges in you know sort of the the 10 20 seconds to the few minutes mark on YouTube, you have entire episodes and movie length features, and even longer. Now, this buzz isn't a direct YouTube versus Facebook Live versus Vimeo versus all the other platforms comparison. I plan on doing that in a couple of episodes later. But it does get you thinking about moving away from vanity metrics and thinking about what you're trying to achieve and is this video right for the platform that I'm launching it on. The key for me is you do need a diversity of content. On different platforms with different objectives for these objectives you have to know how people use and consume these channels just quickly on the periscope front because it is uh, one that I tested I don't know if it's something I'll continue with too much in the future unless I can find a consistent way to stay on top of it or stream at the exact same time on periscope if I'm streaming something else it definitely feels more aligned to more personal more raw uh, more random videos, you know, people sharing stuff at a holiday or if they're at a music festival or something like that. Experiences tend to be big on this thing. A good thing about Periscope, I will say, is the barrier to live streaming is quite low. It's all smartphone driven um, and it's very easy to pick up the phone and start this thing. So definitely one to consider if, if that's something that you're interested in. Although I personally wouldn't put it at the top of my video or streaming list. Okay, having said all that, a lot of our listeners will know my good friends at the HubShots podcast. Ian and Craig from HubShots, they riff on all things HubSpot news and digital marketing. Very, very intelligent guys you should listen to as well. Well, finally, after months and months of talking about it, we did our first ever crossover episode. We recorded this as an audio and a video version, and we'll release it next week. So, Definitely tune into that. A lot of fun and I love catching up with those guys. Speaking of the Hub Shots guys, one thing they do on their episode quite frequently, which I'm a big fan of, is their creative top 10. More on that in a second. When you look at the idea of creativity, right? When you look at creative agencies, and I'm specifically talking about those big expensive creative agencies that do you know, digital or radio or um, TV above the line concepts, One of the reasons they are so creative is that continual exercise of that creative muscle. They're continually in ideation mode. They are on a daily basis putting themselves into scenarios where they're looking at a problem, looking at the client's objectives, and figuring out novel and creative ways to solve and communicate those uh, solutions to the problem. Now, I'm personally of the belief that anybody can be creative. Yes, even you, person at home or in the car or on the treadmill, listening to this, saying, I'm not a creative person. It's a muscle that can be developed. Sure, some people are more creative than others, but the point I'm trying to make is, it's not as far-fetched as people think it is, or it's not an inherent talent you have to be born with. It's like running, right? Anyone with average physical abilities can train and complete a half marathon it is possible we're not saying you're gonna win the bloody thing now one of the ways you can nurture the creative muscle is with ideation exercises which brings me back to Hubshots. the thing they do every single week and this is kind of cool they come up with 10 ideas to market a brand or a product right or a service what you end up finding is and if you try this yourself is you'll find the first four to five are pretty easy And chances are they're probably quite generic Like, okay, let's blog about X Let's create an ebook about Y Let's get a guest post on a particular topic But after that, the brain starts to struggle And that's when it actually gets fun That kind of, ah, damn, I've kind of run out of ideas That's the point that exercises your creative muscle Because you get to the point where like, okay, cool Let's just think of the most random things The most random ideas we can come up with that are either so crazy that they might actually work, or they actually support—they spawn more realistic ideas for you. What happens to you cognitively is you end up exercising that muscle. So in the last episode, in the Hubshots, in their most recent episode, episode 81, they did this thing where they tried to come up with 10 ideas for this anti-perspirant, uh, deodorant type product, and it's a really new sort of product that I'm, I doubt many of you have seen. It's essentially like an antiperspirant in a jar, in a flat little jar, and you apply it with your fingers. Now, the funniest thing about this actual product is the name, and it's called No Pong, which is a very, very Aussie colloquialism. And if you want more No Pong goodness, then check out their episode, but then also check out our crossover episode, where somehow this product makes another appearance. It will be a lot of fun, and remember that will be in video format as well. Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning in, appreciate your time, hopefully you got something out of that, and if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up from time to time, we do get questions and we do answer them on the show and it does spawn more ideas, and the show's only as good as the feedback you give us, so you can email me moby at redpandas.com.au or hit me up on Twitter at Moby Sadiq. I bid you farewell, hope you have a great week ahead, and I'll join you again.